Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and beer makes everything better. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys. And this week we are reading Ender's Game by Orson Scott Card. And we are starting off with a beer that needs very little explanation. If you know anything about the fuck, it, pissed on my pants, but with beer. My depth perception is thrown off by this microphone. That is not how anything works. <laughs> I, just, I just pissed everywhere, it looks like. But it's beer. I mean, it's, I just skipped a step, basically. It looks like you poured it out of the wrong side. I, I, I'm not drunk. <laughs> this oh, is yeah. called Space Juice. And uh, Long Trail makes this? Uh, I believe so, yes. It's a double IPA of the cosmic kind. 8.7%. I think it's like 82 IBUs, so it's a pretty hoppy 82 fucker. 82 IBUs. Certain, Does certain not contain it. juice, it says on the front. Well, now I know. <laughs> no pears were involved in this. Uh, it's, it's a little too squishy for pears. It's pretty good. It's a strong IPA. Not as hoppy a smell as I would have expected. Tastes pretty hoppy, though. Definitely has a bitterness and a nice hop flavor, but it doesn't smell much. And I don't really understand why it's cosmic. It's nothing to his face. A double IPA of the cosmic kind. It doesn't really... That's about it. Yeah. Well, the book certainly has a lot to do with space since most of it takes place there. Mm-hmm. A fair amount. Ender's Game is a book from 86 or something like that? 87? Something Close like that. Close has about a bajillion sequels to it. Does it have that many? There's probably north of 15. Oh, Jesus. I thought there were only like four. No, I, don't, I don't think it's 15. Uh, I think it's like seven. We have the internet box. I think there's a lot of like side things that are in the same universe. The uh, <coughs> ex- expanded universe or the fan fiction. Oh, my. Okay, that's a lot. That is what she said. Not to me, but when I was being cuckolded. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, boy. That's a lot. The Enderverse. Sorry. It's um, the worst. Novels, that's not your fault you didn't come up with that. I, it's what Wikipedia says. That's According terrible. to this, there are 19. Oh. No, wait, no, no, but four have not been published. So it's oh. actually like He's already planning 14 four more. Wait, did, 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 did someone say 15? Did someone did, but I don't remember who it was. <laughs> no, didn't happen. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I can't believe there's that many. There's been, they're, they're like sequels, prequels, sidequels, where it's like the same time, and like, let's see what this character was doing kind of books. It's ridiculous. I have read none of them. No, I don't intend to. Well, I want to read the sequel. Where Ender's Direct one, certainly. Maybe. is number seven. <laughs> what? Speaker for the Dead is number 16, which is technically the first, second book published, was this technically the sequel. So he wrote a direct sequel and then put another eight books or so in between well, them? he wrote six prequels, although two of them are not yet actually published. So there are technically four prequels and a, a lot of sequels. He is I can't, this I can't count them. Well, he probably has one, you know, prequels for the adult characters and what's the guy's name? Razor Mac, Mazer Rackham? Oh, know. yeah. Mm-hmm. The legendary guy. So anyway, what's the, what's the book about? So in this universe, which is still technically the 1980s because they still have the Warsaw Pact. <laughs> but anyway, right. it, it's technically the future <laughs> where these aliens have come to our solar system, Earth solar system, and they started like killing some humans in spaceships. And these aliens are just called buggers the entire time because they look like insects. There was a, a couple, like a generation or two ago, there was a really big battle between the humans and the bugs, and we defeated them. But humans know that the buggers are going to come back. So what they've been doing is they've been trying to get prepared, building ships, building all these things. But the main thing is they need a commander. That's kind of like the main thing of the book. And they don't, they're not just like taking any random kid, any random person. They're scouring Earth for the smartest, most like genius kids they can find and sending them to battle school, hoping that one of them will be smart enough to defeat the bugs. Yeah. And what a strange strategy that is. It's yep. not the best 
thought out it's, it's like they really didn't have a strategy their strategy was let's find somebody smart but <laughs> only eight years old let's find somebody let's find a smart eight-year-old and they will come up with our strategy for us yeah they, and it's, it's just decades generations we'll by. just put off real planning until then in, mm-hmm. entire industries arise out of just finding this kid yep. it's like the matrix finding the one <laughs> they're just kind looking of. for a kid and then there are these adults that they spend their entire careers watching that kid or those kids and trying to sculpt the world around them to force them to become the leader they need them to be. Like subtly manipulating everything that happens around them to see if they'll do things and act certain ways just so they can genocide an alien. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's, what doesn't make a lot of sense is they know what will make a great leader, but they can't just do it themselves. Well, they, yeah. have to, they don't have the intuition. Right, they need it's someone to like just a, be a natural man. The child's genius creativity. And anyway, the main character, Ender, which is not really, he's Andrew Wiggin, mm-hmm. who everybody calls Ender, become, gets pulled into this camp, into this training battle school crap. Yeah. A young, budding genius sociopath. Yeah, sociopath genius. Six-year-old at the time. That's very young. Who thinks adult thoughts. Like Most six-year-olds are thinking things like, Plato's tasty, and he's <laughs> making these calculated decisions about the schoolyard bullies. If I kick this child to death, the other ones <laughs> won't come back for me. And then he kicks a child to death. Only he doesn't know it at first. They protect him from that. His fragile little genius brain. But he also has siblings who were mm-hmm. rejected from the screening process. His, he older, is, his other brother was too much of a sociopath. Yeah, and his sister was too empathetic, too too sensitive. Ender was the Goldilocks and just right. <laughs> so they brought him in. The perfect mix of the two of them. Kind of. I mean, he said that yeah. explicitly several times in the book. Like, oh, just right mix between them. Well, because the older brother threatens to murder the younger brother and not in the way doesn't that he, older brothers doesn't say he also, that. like... Like torture and pull apart animals in the woods and stuff. Yep, you like find an that out actual much later. serial killer. Mm-hmm. Yes, you find that out towards the end when they when Ender's you know the ripe old age of eleven. Old man. So he goes and then the, so the main character is Ender and there's I mean there's a lot of other children characters who are around but they don't really matter a whole heck of a lot. The other main character in the book is probably what's his name Commander Graft or Sergeant Graft. I don't know what's the guy who's kind of in charge of the guy in charge of battle school. Yeah who is pulling the strings to get Ender to do whatever it is that he wants, or to make Ender respond in a way where Ender mm-hmm. grows. And he's constantly pushing this child to the breaking point where Ender like, has no friends, and Ender cries and, and can't like, sleep. isolate him so he'll rely on no one to come and save him. Yeah, I'm not a psychologist, but I don't know if that's really the best way to accomplish that's that. Child, it's child abuse. It's definitely <laughs> child abuse. Yep. <laughs> but, it, but God damn it, it's crazy enough to work. Pretty much. <laughs> you know what else is crazy? How little you talk. The amount of beer. <laughs> yep. I was. I meant the beer. Yeah. Um. That one. Which, that one. Yeah. Jimmy brought this. Did I? Oh. Skyliner. This is Skyliner IPA. Because the book takes place in the sky. <laughs> that, that works. Oh, it's local. It's from Bushwick. Ah, oh, I regret it. Throw it away. From the Braven Brewing Company. It is an IPA that is seven percent alcohol. There is no other information on there. It's a little foamy looking. I didn't pour it very well. <laughs> But at least I didn't pour it on myself. Getting better. Not a strong hop smell. Not a strong IPA smell on this. Bold and crafty. Hmm. That is interesting. That is the least hoppy IPA 7%. I've ever had. I get no IPA. Especially compared to the last one. Stuff out of this, yeah. There's a bitterness that you taste, but if you had labeled this as an amber ale, I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this tastes just like kind of beer. Yeah, there's nothing IPA-ish about this. I'm okay with that. Well, I know you're not a fan, but kind of feel like it. Ah. Yeah, uh, it does say IPA quite prominently on the front, and I don't think that it is. Since I mean, I guess technically IPA. it is, but it doesn't feel like it. it does, every, everything is, everybody makes IPA now. That's like the only beer. 
in the world. That's unfortunate. I think everything we have is an IP. <laughs> is it? The entire episode? Pretty, pretty close. This is not okay, the first time that's it. happened. Uh, oh, no. We got a milk stout. Oh, good. The polar opposite. Everything else is an IPA. <laughs> Great. Great. So you get six more IPAs. No, seven, eight, five more. Sorry. We have eight beers. Eight beers. That's as many. <laughs> so that's a lot of fingers. <laughs> so space camp is pretty cool. Battle, <laughs> space camp. Battle school, whatever it's called, looks like what a person from 1985 thinks the future looks like. Hanging out in anti-gravity chambers in the sky. Shooting lasers at each other. Playing laser tag. Space freeze tag. Yeah, pretty much. And the, all the games that the kids play are actually training exercises created by the commanders that are closely monitored and then eventually manipulated to challenge the kids and to make them do things. But they're not the actual strategies that would be used to defeat the bugs. It's just like, we're going to play a bunch of games that definitely require strategy, and we're just going to see who's good at strategy, who's good at leading people, and who's good at strategy. And once we know who's good at strategy, then we'll have them defeat the bugs. Except not tell them. Spoiler. Yeah. Don't tell us that yet. <clears throat> we're getting there. From the start, Ender is treated differently because Graft is his name, right? Graft? Yeah, Graft. Graft? Graft? Graft. No tea, right? Graft is the drink from uh, that stupid Stephen King series. Yes. The Dark Tower. It's the thing they drink in that. I don't remember, but yeah. So Graf is pulling the strings, and every chapter starts with an, inter, uh, an exchange. Oh, yeah, like an, an aside. And it's Graf and one of his Some superiors. Or, officer. And they're always like, no, this is too much, Graf. And he's like, god damn it, just let me do my job. <laughs> and that's every fucking chapter. It sounds like that. Like, you've gone too far this time, Graf. It's your ass on the line. If it's my ass on the line, it's everybody's ass on the line. This kid's all we got. Every chapter. All of human civilization is riding on the seven-year-old's Battle school. It seems like a bad plan. It's a terrible plan. Yeah. So he goes and he plays the games, and they're like, You're really good at the game. Capture the flag thing that they play mm -hmm. in zero gravity. And they make a big fucking hairy deal about the fact that Ender can think in zero gravity <laughs> where everyone else doesn't. They so keep like, thinking of certain ways as up and down, but he doesn't. He knows there's no up and down in space. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, reorient yourselves, guys. And then he just says that one thing, and they're like, now we can win. And they beat the shit out of everybody. Mm, they use their legs as shields. Yeah, it's also not really good strategy, is it? Like, just, I'm going to use the front part of my spaceship as a shield. I guess it's like learning how to sacrifice unnecessary things to win overall. I don't, I don't know. Well, he totally does that towards at the end. And yes. then he feels bad for the first time in his life. And he's like, about. ball of shield children to <laughs> protect each other. So they play this game, and Ender is just a natural. Well, first he gets put on a team. So like, there's like a sort of rookie phase where everybody gets just treated like dog shit because it's the military still. And then he gets put on a team, and the captain is, was it Bonzo? Bonzo. I think it's Bonzo. It's Bonzo because it's yeah. like Bonito or something. It's like some sort yeah. of Spanish name. There's a lot of they make like, a big deal about that. like weird, little subtle, not racist or sexist. But kind of like weird sentences that the guy throws in there sometimes. Like, oh, he's so obsessed with Spanish honor. Or the women, they're like, not many girls make it into school because women just evolve differently from boys. It's just like, oh. There's some overt racism. With, yes. Uh, what's the Alibaba? Like, what's the kid's name? Oh, Ali. Ali, yeah. Like, the kid who's like the Middle Eastern stereotype. And he's like, salam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the secret word of his faith. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But at one point, Ender calls him the N-bomb. And he's like, Does he? yes. Oh, and I was like, whoa, because it's not led up to at all. He's like, you white-faced guys do this. And he's like, well, you, word I won't say, do this. And he's like, he pretends to be mad. And he's like, my father would have, like, my grandfather would have killed you for saying that. And then he's like, my grandfather would have sold your grandfather. It's like, whoa, holy shit. Yeah, I don't remember this part at all. It's pretty pretty ridiculous. Jesus. Unless I had some racist director's cut version of the book. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember this either. I don't remember that at all, dude. I'm going to find it. I feel like I'd remember that part. 
So after consulting two editions of the book... And the internet. And the witch knows everything. And a brief diversions of some porn websites. We're back now. I learned so much. There are multiple editions of this book. And I just, happen chance, got the racist version. <laughs> or the and more racist version. And there's a passage in chapter six that was changed that cut out the N-bomb and also a slur about Asians. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like a little flurry of overt racism. It's not even subtle. It's not even like, oh, those are different times. It was like, that was 1985. Well, in Utah, that's like 1942. Well, there's no mention of like, and then he had six wives because his brother died and he married his it's, brother's it's, widows. It's assumed. So they changed it. So when I was reading this, I was like, wow, that's weird. <laughs> I just had the uh, racist version of the, the book. The old version. The original. The author's true intent, which makes a lot of sense knowing what he's like nowadays. Well, what does he do nowadays that makes him well, I mean, racist? He was, he was, he kind of, when the movie came out, uh, what, a few years ago? Five, mm-hmm. six years ago? Maybe. He got a lot of, he got a lot of shit because he was openly anti-gay. Well, back, he was definitely anti-gay marriage, and this was this is when yeah. that was. Just I mean, he's, he's he, I don't know how fundy of a Mormon he is, but he's he's a religious Mormon, and they are against gay marriage. But at that time, gay marriage was kind of like a a thing. Still, now it's old news, but I mean that got him some shit at the time. Even though they hadn't, I mean, the book is thirty years old, and I guess he's still writing sequels for it now. But so I guess maybe people didn't see the original version of these books either. Well, they definitely changed up some stuff there. I don't know if being anti-gay marriage makes him automatically a racist. No, certainly. I think what he wrote in the original version makes him a racist. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it makes him a racist or he just, I mean, because the character well, said it. That doesn't make him automatically a racist. The thing is, it doesn't I mean, need you don't to be ma- You don't make an it, eight-year-old kid a racist for no reason in your book. I, mean, I agree. I think it's a weird thing to have in there. Yeah, it's kind of just like a, oh, that's just the way kids talk. Like, no, it isn't. I mean, maybe in some places, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know. Maybe he had a warped understanding of boarding school. Well, he's a Mormon. They have a warped understanding of everything. <laughs> Well, if you, if, it would have been really funny if they tried to find the special planet that Jesus lives on. <laughs> With a six-foot-tall god? Is that really it? Wasn't he? He's, like, he's a six-foot-tall man on the planet Kolob around the sun. Yeah, planet Kolob is definitely where God's special he's a, planet. He's a six-foot-tall dude. It's wrong being six feet tall. I mean, it's just like it's weirdly specific. Well, he's I not figure th- he'd be taller. Six-foot-tall is not that tall for God. <laughs> god God's definitely he a solid six-four. He should be at least six-eight. He's God. He's going to be imposingly large. Like, you're like, oh, man, that's a big dude. Yeah, 100%. You could, if you found God and he was shorter, then you'd be like, oh, this is disappointing. I don't, you know, I mean, this, this is just reminding me of what if God was one of us right now? And I'm not really sure just what that's Just a slob like one of us? Just a, you know, a stranger on the bus trying to make his way home. To Kolob. <laughs> 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 All right, so that's a weird passage. Apparently, they changed a couple other things, like in light of the Challenger disaster, they changed a line or two. That's weirdly specific. Well, because there was a thing about them having a spotless shuttle record or something like that. Like, we've never lost a shuttle yet. And they just cut that line Oops. right out. I don't think any kids would have, like, PTSD no. from that Spoke line. too soon. I, well, I, totally, I totally knocked on wood when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> so they changed some things. That racist stuff is weird, I, I will say. I'm just glad that I wasn't, like, insane and just forgetting that that happened. I'm also glad that I wasn't on a racist fever dream and just <laughs> imagining racism in the middle you of books. You imagine, like, reread every book you ever read? Like, oh, my God, are I putting those in myself? <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is so different now. Man. I had Huck Finn wrong all this time. Oh, no, no. That, that one was, no, that's that one was right. That's 100%, yeah. <laughs> so they go into space camp, and they meet other children from around the world, like racial stereotype Middle Eastern boy and racial stereotype Asian boy. I forget what his name was. Was there an Asian kid? There's definitely... The, oh, well, he called someone a, a uh, thing I'm not going to say oh, yeah. <laughs> in the original version of the book. That something that things yes. on a slope do. <laughs> Well, let's stop there. Let's stop. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to say it, but like, I don't want to... Like, 
It's pretty straightforward in this children's book. Yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. pretty direct. But this book is kind of written for young kids. Not young kids, but like young adult kids. Sure, yeah, totally. It's definitely a YA book, for sure. And it's a wildly successful and acclaimed book. So the racist version won the Hugo and the Nebula. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. It was a different time. 1985. <laughs> it's crazy. Miami Vice was still in its peak. People just got cable TV. They didn't know what to do with it. They're drunk with power. <laughs> was there cable in the 80s? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Nate was there. <laughs> there was cable in the 80s, but it was new. Definitely, because MTV started in like 1981 or something like that. Oh, yeah, okay. That was definitely cable. cable yeah. Lame. Let's have a beer to wash the taste of racism out of our mouths. Let me go with this one. So the beers I got for this week, one has to do with space. The other two are a little, a little further off. This is from Revision Brewing Company. It's called Jewel Box. Jewel box, not racist. Jewel box. And it has nothing to do in the name. With <laughs> what does that even mean? I, I thought it sounded like I said jewbox, and I wanted to make sure I that that did not come out. I don't know if that's, that's not even a thing. I, you know what? I didn't, I didn't know that it was a thing to say in space amongst six-year-olds. You know what? My we'll, grandpa we'll just, would sell you. We'll make another version later on and just edit that part out. Yeah. <laughs> so the reason I picked this, because one, it has a picture of space on the can. Because it is made exclusively with galaxy hops. So there you go. Okay. Because that's a space word. And this is, uh, I don't think I've had any of these really before. This is a New England style North IPA. E- Northeast style IPA. So this is, if you'll see, it's fucking murky. And mm-hmm. it tastes like orange juice. Like Ooh. There's like an orangina quality to it. It is super citrusy. It's like almost like a bubbly sunny D. It's fucking delicious. It is. It really is. It's an IPA, Jimmy. It's the best IPA I've ever had. <laughs> right? Probably because it tastes like Sunny D and not an IPA. <laughs> so they put certain types of hops. I don't really know. I couldn't tell you that much about Galaxy Hops, except they're fucking expensive. And they are, uh, I guess they have a really, really strong citrus kind of flavor. And when they put it, and when they're making the beer, they put all these hops at the very, very end of the brewing process. So you get almost none of the bitterness, but you get all of the hop flavor. They should do that every time. <laughs> well, you mean, well, they certainly put a little bit just to get balance it out. No, they don't need to do that. <laughs> this is delicious. It tastes like juice. It really does. So I picked this because of the space word. That's all I had. That's what I was able to do. Not even space. It's space picture on the on the can. It spoke to me. It works. So in space camp, what happened next, Nate? Where were we? I don't <laughs> we were doing a lot of space fights with the kids. Yeah, oh the yeah. Games. So it's 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 not it's not just a like. <clears throat> well, I mean, there are many different games, but it, the idea is there are a bunch of different teams, and they're each called not battalions. Army. Oh, they're each called armies. Yeah, I guess. And so yeah. they each have to battle each other inside this like zero G kind of thing, except the battles are like everybody has a laser and if you get shot with the laser, your suit, your spacesuit just gets, just locks up. And so you can play. And then at the end of the game, you know, when, every, when everything's over, they unlock you and, the, and you win by either d- like you have eliminating to touch four helmets. Well, and you someone walks gate. through. Well, you can just like shoot everybody on the other team. Just like there's one yeah. thing you can do. They're, if, they're, if the entire team is frozen, then you definitely won. But also, or you could still win by like getting through to the other side. They're just getting at least one of your guys through the goal on the other side of the room or whatever it is. But you need four other, you need five people four to Four people do have that. to open it and one has to go through it. Yeah, yeah. So you have to do a bunch of those things and that only really comes into play one time. I, th- I think in one of the games, but the idea is that first ender is sort of joins one game, joins one army or is assigned one army and everybody kind of shits on him and <clears throat> they don't like him and then he has some ideas but nobody wants to listen to him and then he starts just sort of like playing around in the zero-G stuff by himself, and other people realize, oh, he's got some interesting ideas, and oh, what if we did this, and what if we did that? And then before long, even though it's actually like three years, but, you know, it's like one chapter later, he's, he's now in charge of his own army. He signs, he gets assigned to an army, 
And the coach, or coach, the leader is like, I fucking don't want you. And as soon as I can, I'm going to get rid of you. Bonzo did not like him. Yeah, Bonzo was a douche. And he's so you, as soon as I can get rid of you, you're gone. You don't even touch your gun. You're like, you have to do as I say because I'm your commander. And so Ender had been practicing. He said, well, I guess I'm not going to play here. I'll go practice on my own because one day I'm going to be on a team that lets me play. And Bonzo tries to you know, be a dick and say, you can't even do that. But, of course, you can't actually stop him. And the other kids who were not even on teams yet because they're usually not Ender, – Ender's put on there very, very young. Like, he's getting advanced younger than the other kids do. And so he trains on his own. And that's, that is a big part of the book is, like, extra training. He's super mm-hmm. diligent. He's like practicing every day, in the morning, in the evenings. And coming up with all sorts of crazy strategies for the game. Because, you know, he's, he can just watch a person. And he's like, I understand all their strategies now. Yep. And so then he's given his own army. Except he's given the army. He's, he, so he's made the commander. And he's just given basically given the, the worst player yeah. on every other army. He's, he's just and given a, all of the worst ones. And a bunch together. of really young kids. A bunch of really young kids. And he only, well, he didn't know this at first, but they only have, a, he only has a couple days to really train them up. Although I guess it was more like a, a couple weeks of really like training, running drills, running exercises. And then their first actual battle comes much earlier than anyone, than anyone else else's has ever had. I think it was done. like a week. It really wasn't very yeah, long. It was only a couple days. And then, but Ender and his army still win. They're like, they, they still win and then they play another game and then they win again. They play another game and they win again. And they they like give them battles like back to back or well, back two in a day. They fight every day. They fight every day for a week. Everyone else does like one Instead of only once a week. And he's winning every time because he's a better leader is the point. Mm-hmm. He's that a he, brilliant strategist. He's able to de- uh, delegate and he's able to identify skills and blah, blah, blah. And other he people. understands his own people better and he understands the other team better, what they're thinking and what they're feeling. And that's sort of how he's able to come up with his strategies and his plans for how to win. Because he just understands the people better. And he starts watching, like, fucking game footage of the past mm-hmm. war and all these things to study because he just wants to be the best. And the other, the other captains hate him because they're he so them. damn good. They're jealous bitches. Yeah, he does humiliate them because he beats them. Even at times when they, the graph starts putting ridiculous things, like two teams against one. Yeah, graph starts to make, it, make the games completely unfair. Like, not only was Ender winning, but... Like Graf kept coming up with breakfast. new new things just to fuck with him. Like, no advance warning, uh, not just a game every single day, but then two games in a single day or more. Or was it was it at one time two teams against one? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, so it was two teams against it. So twice as many people and still Ender, even though he's, like, so angry all the time, every time something new changes, like, this is so not fair. And then he goes, like, ah, fuck. And then he figures it out. The bug is that a way to fair. win anyway. And well, that's, that's the good catch there. Thank you. And he never loses, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Even when he's about to lose, he doesn't lose because he's the best. It feels like half of this book was a fucking training montage, like from an 80s movie. Probably like three quarters of the book was a training montage. Which is like, and then he was do- you know, he's doing his little space push-ups and re-watching space footage. And, and then I doing the tiger was playing. It's exactly what the book felt like. A lot of it was just training. Training, training. Oh, and now people are mean to Ender. More training. I mean, we should talk about those other stupid siblings of this. That bizarre yeah. subplot. Of them being come the greatest internet trolls in the history of civilization <laughs> on the net, he trolled his way to mm-hmm. the presidency of the earth. Pretty he's, much, he's given hope to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds totally unrealistic. That would never happen. Remember the? Did you see the South Park season with the trolls a couple years ago? Mm. <laughs> One of the guys was dildo schwagens. <laughs> 
Anyway. Okay, yeah, sure. So what, is that, what do you mean by they become the, they're the greatest internet trolls ever? All like, right. they don't just rickroll people. What do they do? So, <laughs> not um, that good. That song was new at the so time. So Ender has two older siblings, which we already talked about. Was it Peter and... Valentine. And Valentine. Valentine. And they're know. both also super geniuses, even though they're only, like, ten and eight. Well, Ender is six. You know, it's, it's not that they were <clears throat> too, much, too much older, but Peter wants to rule the world. You know, when he's all of... Even, so when, when they're... So Ender's, you know, he's been gone to battle school starting when he was six. You know, that song's not in your head. You said he wants to rule the world, and it's like Tears for Fears is here with us. I mean, they might be listening. They're always with us. <laughs> in one way or another. Somewhere right now on the earth, a guy from Tears for Fears, like, someone just mentioned this, guys. He said to no one listening as he sweeps up the bowling alley he works in. Were they also, <laughs> they also Don't You Forget About Me? No, that's uh, Simple simple Minds. Ah, uh, yeah. They did, uh, Tears for Fears also did Shout. Right, right. You know, you make me want to. No, not that one. <laughs> okay. You want to let it all out. Shout. These are the Shout. things I can do, do without. without. Come on. I'm, I'm talking, talking to, you. to you. Nate. Come on. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so anyway, Ender has these two older siblings, and Peter wants to, you know, be in charge of the world. <laughs> oh, you know that song too? <laughs> but they have this plan. So Chumbawamba? <laughs> <laughs> That's not really a song. I get knocked out. They have, I'm in charge they of had the world. 30 <laughs> albums, dude. They have, yeah. 30. Really? Yeah, and they had 15 before Chumbo, before tub thumping, <laughs> and then 15 after tub thumping. That's 31. That's 31. I mean, I, it's, an, it's an approximation. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm not a space genius, but I can get to fucking 31. Can't pour beers, though. No, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm differently abled. <laughs> the pants are almost dry, though, <laughs> which means we're almost ready for another beer. But So let's let Nate finish this, All right, so anyway. unless he says another song title. <laughs> <laughs> Peter and Valentine... I gotta think about this really hard now. <laughs> Peter and Valentine, they have this plan to <laughs> they have this plan to get everyone in the world really angry by writing articles about politics, about world government and politics. They're like internet Thomas Paines. Yeah, yeah, actually. In the ass. Each one is gonna play a different character. Valentine is gonna play Demosthenes, whose whose whole thing is just to basically be an asshole. It, That's the big troll. Yeah. That Valentine is actually the really nice one, but gets convinced to do this. And that way, Peter, who plays a character named Locke, gets to be the reasonable, smart-sounding one. And then everyone will end up following Locke. And that's how they get... They're just so influential, and everybody on the, everybody on the nets is reading them and following them. And, and they get to have a lot of sway in terms of public opinion. Meanwhile, they're, they're teenagers. They're like 14 and... 13, 14, and 12. What was really funny is the dad starts talking about them at the, at the table. Yeah. And he's like the typical 80s dad. Like 80s movies dads who like, they're just sitting there reading a newspaper as the kids run by and they're like, flipping, honey, what's that? No, what was that noise? And then like, they have no idea what's happening in their own house. <laughs> Politics. Like, go watch uh, Stranger Things. Like, they do yeah, a really funny job. Like, the, the dad is asleep all the time or not paying attention. Because that's what it looks hey, like. Hey, don't, don't say that word <laughs> and just ignore every kid. Listen to your mother now. And the kids just snicker at the dad's stupidity and manipulate the world. Yeah, it's, it's extreme. Mm-hmm. Which is ridiculous. It's even more unrealistic than a eight-year-old battling all the space insects. Let's have a beer. Jimmy, what is this? That is Victory's Forefront. Which is another IPA. It's another IPA. Victory's from Pennsylvania. I think we've had some Victory beers before. I like Victory. Okay, it's a 5.5% alcohol. It tells you a little story about what you should be tasting, but I'm not going to read that because I don't want to be Persuaded. I chose it because forefront, because space has no sides. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta adjust to any to zero gravity, man. There's no front. There's no directions. That's that's really good. Though 
though I imagine it's more like you know it's not really four it's like a thousand front but this was the highest number of fronts or I guess had. six like a cube I feel like in one position there are six potential ways you could turn that are the front yes technically or I mean you can like make them narrower like a dodecahedron or something stupid like that but yeah you could do a dodecahedron they didn't have a dodecahedron yeah. front <laughs> it's a fucking lame beer dodecahedron lager <laughs> it's got numbers this is math math brewing company uh oh what do you think of this beer tastes weird <laughs> tastes like space. It does have a strange taste to it. Did you did you pee in this, Jimmy? It was still sealed, so yeah. It's almost it, like a tea quality to it, but like a tea leaves. I can't read it; it's too dark. What does it say on the side? There? It says like pine and citrusy notes. I want pine in my beer, not a tree. <laughs> Bright aroma of citrus and pine bring together fresh earthly flavors and malts to balance a moderate bitterness. So this in this easygoing IPA. Um, it just tastes weird to me. It's very easygoing. I'll give it that. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, there's I'm not like a fan a, either. There's a weird flavor in there. And again, this doesn't really taste like an IPA. So again, maybe what they're trying to do is make an IPA that's something that fits the parameters of IPA but doesn't taste like other maybe IPAs. Maybe they're trying to bring IPAs back from the brink of extremism. Well, do you IPAs have, have been getting pretty they're pretty, there, they're pretty ridiculous. No, it's like, I want to feel like I'm sucking on a black hole covered in lemons. <laughs> that level of bitter. You know, we could Lemons are sour, not bitter. It's the same thing. Nope. 100% the same nope, thing. Nope, they're 100%, different. 100%. Different taste buds, different taste. Don't call me bud. <laughs> <laughs> not your friend, bud. <laughs> <laughs> I keep chipping this jewel box thing. This is delicious. That is lovely. You want some more of that? Yeah, no, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I've got to get through another 47 beers today. So it's fucking really ridiculous that those children manipulate the entire world on yeah. the internet. This whole book is like a governed by genius children who do incredible things. But like, they're, they're just amazing at everything. That's not how giftedness works like you know to just able like anything those little children set their mind to is they're gonna they're gonna do it no these kids i got the weird feeling that they were like doing some weird shit to the kids when they're like not yet born or they're like bred almost because everyone had like uh permits and shit to, like, like a birth quota sort of thing. yeah like like he, like they give, they make fun of the ender when he's at the beginning of the book because he's a third like if you if you're a third it means like the first two kids you know they already had those and they didn't make it so they have a third what? Like I, a reject. I, I thought, well, no, well, he wouldn't be the reject. I thought it was that your family's like breaking the yeah, rules. Yeah, it was, like some, not it was some weird thing. Thirds. But like, I f- it was some sort of weird thing about selective breeding or something. I couldn't really understand well, it. I think the idea is they did a test on Ender's parents and realized, oh, these two people, if you put them together, they will have genius kids. I don't know how they figured Whereas, it out because his I parents know, that are fucking sense stupid. Because they're very just normal intelligence. Neither of them are, you know. They did, you wouldn't think they'd they give birth to three uber prodigies. Yeah, exactly. His parents also just disappear from the plot. Mm-hmm. Well, necessary. Like, they, but it's, they're not even decent parents. They're just like suppliers of chromosomes. That's and their like, only when, job. When Ender comes back to Earth to visit, he like doesn't even want to see his parents. He doesn't give a shit about them. Because he's a sociopath. I mean, all he cares about is his sister. And they're like, let's just hang out for a while. And, and then it's like, you're going to see your parents? Like, no, uh, I don't really care. And they don't care about seeing him. And they're like, who? Oh, we had, that's right. We did have another kid. Because <laughs> <What happened? laughs> they're embarrassed by him too. But they were told to have the other kid. Like, yeah, well, society's dumb it's, in it's this weird. future. Yeah. But one, okay, one interesting thing is that uh, this is came out in what 1986, and uh, Orson Scott Card is kind of predicting the internet, or like even kind of predicting social media on the internet. Yeah, I guess I never thought to, about to that. a degree. Like internet forums. That I mean, because really, e- even internet forums barely existed. In, yeah. I mean, no, actually, they did, definitely. The internet existed. itself barely existed. Exactly, and so the fact that he knew that in the future, not only all information would be on the internet, but that everyone would interact and it would shape public opinion. 
was was really pretty forward thinking of him. There's one problem with his vision, though. No cat pictures. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. Nobody had any cat and pictures. And no porn. He didn't. He didn't say there were no cat pictures. Just didn't. Just didn't mention it. Mormons can't look at porn. Have so. you Have you seen Locke's new article? It has a cat making a grumpy face. It's gonna make millions. The problem is he didn't predict that the internet would make twenty gajillion sources of information. So you are the the amount. It's not no one or two people could dominate or monopolize the entire internet, public opinion wise, because everybody. Because what we know today is. People are getting their information from so many different sources that there's no way even one person. I mean, can maybe really inter- maybe they could be like uh, that many. They could be like a prominent opinion writers or something. So, I mean, the there's certainly there's certainly no no one like that today at all. Exactly. But they're not just like some dude posting on ask ask Jeeves. I mean, just think about <laughs> just think about if we go back to the depression last week. Roosevelt's okay. yeah, Roosevelt's fireside chats. chats about how the entire country tuned in for those. There was a time when one person could inf- could not only get their message out to almost everyone in the country, but could really have a large impact on public opinion for the entire country. And today, the, even President Trump with his, what, 30 million Twitter followers, that's still nothing. Because well, half of them are fake. And Kim Kardashian <laughs> still has twice as many. But uh, well, she's got more to say. going to hell. But but anyway, no. My point is, no single person could have that large an impact on public opinion because the internet just has too many different things. So we got some stuff right and some stuff wrong. I feel like if Beyonce said something on the internet, the whole internet would be like, "Yes." Except then the other said, half of the internet would go, "No." Yeah, but that's the half of the internet that just types with their mutant mongoloid Ozark fingers that can't fucking work a keyboard. Ozark fingers. Yeah, because it's like you <laughs> <laughs> like inbred hill, Lake hill people. people. And they're like, oh, I don't like them. She's a she's a not nice lady. And then they type their nonsense and no. But like, there are certain people like the internet with air quotes, like the popular social media websites. Like, if Beyonce farts, it's an amazing accomplishment. They're like, oh, trending today. Beyonce farted. It's fucking great. It was like a butterfly flapping its wings. It it caused a a meadow to bloom somewhere. I mean, it probably did. <laughs> I mean, just in all fairness, it probably did. But. Could Beyonce's, farts farts farts, could Beyonce's farts <laughs> rule the world? Like, could they uh, actually? No, no, could she actually fart her way on social media to become king of the world? If Queen B wanted them to, she probably would. That's what. That's what I. I mean, any time I look at BuzzFeed, which is not that frequent. Stop looking at BuzzFeed. Well, I don't. Sometimes I want to know. They'll publish the P tape as soon as they have it. You don't have to check it every but day. I want to check it till then. I, I, but I, sometimes I want to know about the eleven camels who just can't. <laughs> or what do they do in the <laughs> meantime? <laughs> Answer these 11 questions, and we'll tell us which Disney princess you are. I, I, I want to know. I mean, <laughs> You are such a Mulan. I, I've never seen it. Me neither, actually. No. But I know you're a Mulan. I, because I like to dress as a boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you hate the Huns. So he definitely, I mean, I never thought of how his internet stuff might actually be kind of clever. But he calls it the Nets. Like, yeah. Like, it's a, it, clearly they exist, the internet existed at this time, mm-hmm. but it's kind of poorly understood or, like, He's like, oh, there's just going to be a whole bunch of internets. And you have to, you know, the way it works in the book is you have to have a, a clearance or access code or something to be able to get onto it. I mean, I guess it's like people like coming up with science fiction stuff now and in 30 years people are like, look at those fucking idiots thinking that blenders can't talk to microwaves. <laughs> thinking your television won't spy on you and uh, sell your data. <laughs> well, that, that's a given. Well, I mean, that's a sort of like weird, like, what was that? Uh, was that Ray Bradbury short story where like everything in the house just operates without the people? There will come soft rains. This story, like after the atomic bomb has gone off, there's like the fully automated house still. 
just still making toast every morning at 8 a.m., 6 a.m. or whatever. Still, who's gonna eat all this toast? It's just like it just goes through the motions because the house does everything without people. Like that, the machines operate without. It's like it's kind of eerily smart in certain ways about what would happen. Now they have fridges that call you when you're out of milk. It's fucking sweet. Do I tweet you? Text you? What do they call I you? <laughs> <laughs> Meat sack. <laughs> hey, milkless guy. <laughs> you will be assimilated. <laughs> Resistance is futile. Find Sarah Connor. <laughs> you know it's also uh, futile. Not drinking more of these beers. Oh, dear God. I got this. This is called Elysian Space Dust IPA. It has the word space in it. There's a lot of dust in this There's also dust every once in a while, I bet. There's a bunch of space dust. It's hard to keep clean up there. Not spilling. Not spilling. Brewed and bottled by Elysian Brewing Company, Incorporated, Seattle, Washington, and Fort Collins, Colorado. The hopping hopping is pure Starglow energy with Chinook to bitter and late and dry additions of Citra and Amarillo. 8.2% alcohol. Seems like a double. Seems like a... Herbal smell and taste to this. Like shampoo? <laughs> yes. Would you say there's an herbal essence it's to it? It's not quite an herbal <laughs> essence. It's more like... Ooh. That's an interesting smell. It's also something almost medicinal. Kind of weird in the finish. Like cough medicine taste I'm getting. That's not a good, that's not a good adjective for it's a It's not. I'm not loving this. Bitter, but a different kind. Like its husband left it for its, his young secretary bitter? No, more like its husband left it just because... Like, there's nothing better out there. I just don't want to deal with you. Jeez. So in some ways, it's more bitter. That's dark. <laughs> as dark as space? No, not that dark. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, this company is owned by InBev. Mm-hmm. Or not a hunt now outright, but like pretty significant portion is owned by InBev. So they are not technically a craft beer. Does craft just mean independent? Craft has changed over the years. It means how many, it usually refers to how many barrels a year you produce. Mm. And for a while, basically, every time Sam Adams expanded, the definition of craft beer expanded. It's like indie music used to be independent. Now it just means it sounds like it's from Brooklyn. And it often is. Yeah. What kind of hippie crap you listen to? Me? You don't, you don't listen to indie music sometimes? No. I don't do that shit. It's like bands with like banjo players and... and Fucking hate banjos. But like... All of them. Or Or like... Old folky kind of crap. Old folk, you know, like they because like a weird like they have like acoustic-y kind of sounding crap and yeah, no, I don't listen to that. Like or or just they suck. Yeah, they just <laughs> you know how they, they, they suck. The they just suck. I'm trying to think of a good shit rock. <laughs> so anyway, back to Ender's Game. <laughs> so the kids manipulate the nets. Mm-hmm. The people are like, oh. This, the governments are bad because there's still the like so oh, the whole of Earth is sort of on a armistice. Like, they, like they, there's Cold War is still go still going on, but they put it on pause to work together to defeat the bugs. But they still hate each other. Yeah, they still hate each other. And and but behind the scenes, while they're t- still working together, each side is kind of maneuvering to take over the whole world, as, especially the Warsaw Pact, because he kept mentioning that over and over again. Well, you know, he wrote the book in the early t- early eighties. You know, it was still cool to be just racist back then, and uh, he just thought nothing's going to change. So mm-hmm. the Warsaw Pact's been around for 40, well, at that point, what, 36 years or something like that. Man, he's going to go away. Right? He, didn't, he didn't foresee the, I, I was not aware, but from what I understand, no, but people in the 80s did not suspect that the Soviet Union was crumbling. No, no. no it was kind people, of out of the blue. It was pretty surprising. It was inconceivable that the Cold War would end any way other than the whole world blowing itself up. They thought it would either continue in this sort of stalemate, the sort of the cold part of the Cold War forever, or they would blow each other up, and that's those are the only ways it would end. I mean, they wouldn't end. <clears throat> Who knew that only really five years later it would all be done? Gorbachev. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They did. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a different story. 
Yes, for another book that we're not ever going to read about the whole one. <laughs> that sounds terribly boring. We could just drink Stoli. In the meantime. Oh, God. Since you said time, here's another beer I got that has nothing to do with the book at first glance <laughs> called Time, America that's, Pale Ale. That's pretty straightforward. But it's made with galaxy hops. <laughs> once again, once again, just a picture on the can, is it? What's on the can? Is it a picture of a space? Uh, I mean, it's like a night sky and a building and silhouette. So why did, why did you make this? Because it has galaxy hops. Oh, okay. And uh, that, that works. It's good enough. It's good enough for me. <laughs> we used a lot of the good space beers I could find on uh, Hitchhiker's Guide. A lot of, uh, we have a lot of tangents, but that, that episode is mostly tangents. And so is the book, so yep. whatever. That's true. Didn't really, we really did talk all there was to say about the book. What better way to talk about the book than to uh, have a bunch of non sequiturs that mean nothing? That's a good point. Well, maybe one day we'll do the rest of the Brilliant. series all in one episode. It'll be just as effective. Sum it up. Ooh. This, I mean, I don't know what I, now from this and the other beer, I really don't know what the Galaxy Hop tastes like, because this tastes nothing like that other beer. I thought that beer was okay. Yeah, it's fine. And I'm not a fan. It's pale ale. I don't drink pale ales unless I'm at like a barbecue. At least it's not an eye pale ale. I think Jimmy ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> My plan's working then. One day we're going to do episodes where it's not just IPAs. Maybe sooner than you think. <laughs> One day. <laughs> Thousands of years go into the future. Our final IPA is Two Roads. Jimmy, you brought this. What is this called? I don't know. You're looking at it. What is it? It's called Your Mother, and it's a... Uh, no, it isn't. <laughs> it's called Zero 0260 Tart IPA. Ooh. It is a 6% alcohol beer. It has a whole bunch of little crap written on here. It says, revved up for flavor. So why did you bring this beer? Uh, zero to 60 implies <laughs> speed, and spaceships go fast. Probably even faster than 60 miles per hour. It's 60, so. it's 60 space miles per hour. Is that like a, like a nautical mile? It is, yeah. When you leave the uh, rope out the back of the spaceship. Is that what a nautical what? It was basically like, it's what knots were. You'd, let, you'd tie knots on a rope, and however fast it would go out the back of the boat, when it would pass through your hands, it would be 15 knots uh, per hour. Uh, they were at a set distance. I don't really know what the fuck I'm not equates to in real time, but this is interesting. Definitely, you said something about sour. It's a tart, tart, tart. That means sour, right? Uh, like, tart and sour are different things. Yeah, like I mean, tart's basically the same as bitter, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> no, tart means sour. Tarts, I think, t in my mind, tart is a lesser sour. I mean, like sour is really mouthpuckeringly intense. Tart isn't it is like a stuck-up lady in like the forties. <laughs> Yeah, no, I thought it was a loose lady in the 40s. I don't know what a tart was, actually. I, I was kind of guessing. I don't really have to know. I'm not really sure what it was. I know it's a lady. I, I think it was a British. It was a pejorative term. British slang term for prostitute. Was for a whore? A prostitute yeah. or like just a, a, a slut? Slut. A slag, as they say. That is that is a pretty modern one, though. Is it? Slag? People still say slag. Yeah, I mean, but did they not say it then? I, I wasn't there. I don't know. I, I, my knowledge of 1940s British slang is, is minimal. Yeah, that's fair. Governor? That's fair. <laughs> It's in Monty Python. <laughs> so this is a tart IPA, which is an interesting thing. I don't think I've ever had a tart IPA before. It's more of like, <coughs> I don't know, is that a category, or are they just made an IPA and said, this one's tart, let's call it that. I think they just kind of made it up. I don't think that's its own thing. Now the question is, what's the difference between a tart IPA and a hoppy sour beer? That I don't know. Is it, it like a liger versus a, a tie-in? What were those words you said? Half tiger, half lion. Oh, lion. And liger, tie-in. I think it's like whichever one is the male or something. Is it the same? I don't know. Same well, idea. Of I don't think those come out the same. Those two things. Yeah, that's true. But you know, only if, one was in Napoleon. In the, in, the, in the world of making things up, are they the same? Well, for for something like a beer qual uh, category, it really only matters if you're entering a competition, right? Because there are set guidelines for the competition things. Like you can't enter your stout in the IPA category, but on the label, they could put whatever the fuck they want. It also probably wouldn't win. Well, no. 
but you couldn't, you know, if you put... Would there be like a guy drinking it and be like, ugh, this is not an IPA. Get the fuck out. Uh, possibly. They're not quite... Beer judges are not as snobby as wine judges are. Hmm. But, you know, you might, they might say, oh, this is too hoppy to be a brown ale or something like that. You know, this, you know, this doesn't... This exceeds... Falls outside the parameters. Yeah. So, I guess this falls in... I mean, I don't know if tow- sourness is a category that... It's not really in that many styles of a, beer. It's not a qualifier for IPAs. I've never had another sour IPA or tart IPA. It's not, it's not bad. No, it's not. It's, it's interesting. It's, it's not that sour. It's just like a little, little bit. Just enough to make it... Tart. Yeah. Just enough to make it a little interesting. So the end of the book, Ender... Oh, well, actually, before There's the end of the book... section. But Ender... Uh, so Ender graduates from battle school. But before he graduates from battle school, motherfuckers try to get even with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> some of the other... Bonzo and some of his other friends. Lackeys. Lackeys. They try and... They try and surprise. <laughs> they try and surprise Ender in the showers, and it's <laughs> <laughs> not what you think. And, and they try and they, they said they're going to beat I don't him they, up. They were going to beat him up. They were going to murder him. Yep. And so were they Ender murder him. That was the plan. And That's pretty intense. Ender, they, you first, go home to you get iced today. You get iced in a body bag. Like they were going to kill him. Jesus. They're yeah. like the bad guys from Karate Kid. And so Ender first he like convince convinces all the other kid all the kids that no i'm just gonna fight bonzo it's just one-on-one well, that's he, all it's he, gonna be he convinces bonzo that bonzo only wants yeah, to yeah. fight one on one. he says oh so much honor you have mm-hmm. you know oh you're what you know, because he tricks bonzo, him you know bonzo doesn't he really wants to kill ender even though he's already like you know three years older and a foot and a half taller and 40 pounds every he did better than me i better kill him yeah mm-hmm. he humiliated me in my spanish honor <laughs> and so they have no a fight <laughs> they have a fight and ender and ender kills bonzo yeah he doesn't know he kills him once no, again. he doesn't know. He's like, he's killed two kids now, and he didn't know about it. They it's like him. the dumbest kid in the world. Well, he, he senses he killed Bonzo when he's like, I punched him in the nose, and his nose stuck into his head. And he went completely And he limp. didn't react. And his, he fell down and bled in his shower. Then I toweled off and left. Ender <laughs> gets graduated from battle school, and they send him on a ship. Well, first he visits Valentine on Earth again. But anyway, they send him on a ship to, what is it, to, not to Mars, but to some weird-ass planet. That's not an important part. So... They send in, and it's like a forward training base. <clears throat> and then there's this weird old dude that is there to train him. I'm your new mentor now in some like really bizarre thing. My name is, and then you, you don't even hear his name at first, but then you tell him. No, they tell him more or less right away. You oh, my name is Mazer Rockham. You had heard his name earlier in the book. Because he is the person, <clears throat> he's the person that defeated the bugs the first time. <laughs> and then there's like, wait, Mazer Rockham, you have to be like 200 years old. And he's like, yes, because they sent me to travel at the speed of light for a half a century, mm-hmm. and my whole family would die. And I wouldn't age, and then I could train my successor. Like, why don't they just freeze him like Walt Disney? I don't understand why he's floating around in space. That's Wrinkle in Time. Wait for that. Oh, no, wait. We wait for that in the past. <laughs> I'll wait a long time because you've already done it. Yeah, exactly. Got to so, loop back around. <clears throat> he's like frozen in carbonite. No, um. He tesseracted his way. <laughs> so anyway, Mazer Rockham, he's, he's old, but he's not like 200 years old. And he says, I'm going to be your new, your new mentor now. And now what you're going to do is we've got this whole special simulator where you can, can where you are the commander of the fleet and you command all the little attack spaceships or all the little fighter spaceships that are going to go out and you're going to constantly have battles. Every battle is going to be different. The odds are going to be against you every single time, but you have to figure out a way. This is your training. He's this like, is your I'm new training. I'm going to personally now. make sure it's fucking hard. Yeah, every single battle I'm, I'm going out. to be I'm going to be doing every using every single trick I can think of to de- to defeat you. And every single time Ender is like commanding all the d- different things, but all the c- commanders happen to be all his old friends from battle school, the ones that didn't try to kill him. Um so all the people are are, you know, he's commanding, "Oh, you oh, 
Bo- what, what's his name? Bean? Bean, take your squadron oh, and take Bean. over. Bean, take your squadron and go over on this side uh, of them. Mr. And Bean, go over on that side. It was Rowan Atkinson, yeah. It was Mr. Bean. <laughs> so there's battle after battle after battle, and, and, and Ender is, like, fed up. Because, again, things steep, keep being totally unfair. You know, the battles keep getting more and more one-sided. Even though he keeps winning every single one, um, uh, just the odds are even worse every single time, and Ender is just getting angry. Like, I can't believe this is so unfair to me. When is this going to end? And then finally, after he's just, like, totally fed up, they drag him out of bed one last time. They say, okay, this is your final test. Do we want to do the beer first? We're going to do the beer because it has to do with, it's our final beer. Yeah. Um, and I've been shaking it here, and you guys have been giving me some weird side eye. It says to shake it on no, the can. Yeah, it's not that one that bought it. And it's appropriate because the beer is called Whipped, which is what Ender has been. Ooh, see, that's amazing. I shook that. It didn't Steve Austin. This Whipped. is from Whipped. Stillwater Artisanal and Oliver Brewing. Co- uh, and, and Oliver Brewing. It is a nitro imperial chocolate milk stout. That's 8% alcohol. The nitro is why, if you look at it, it has like that Guinness head, like a really dense, foamy head, not like the regular kind of beer head, because they cheat. They use a different gas that has smaller bubbles. Cheaters. I mean, that's fine. I'm cool with the performance-enhancing drugs of the beer world. It's just a different thing. It also does make a difference in the taste a little bit, but since we don't have a different one to compare it to, who knows? Is that what Guinness Ooh. does? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, well, there you go. And they've always done that? Yep. At least the Guinness, Guinness Genuine Draft or whatever. And if you buy the Guinness Draft bottles or cans, there's like a little thing inside of it. The little ping-pong ball? Yeah, that's, that's to make it foam like that. Hmm. And this totally has it. That's why it says to shake it. I don't like that. I see. That's pretty tasty. does taste a bit like chocolate. Yeah, 100%. Because it's like our only stout today. It definitely is a kind it's of a nice change. It's the opposite of all these the last 15 mm-hmm. IPAs we had. It's got the, the, the nitro gives it a really silky feel. The velvet beer in your mouth. Mm, like a rabbit. <laughs> velveteen The, the rabbit. velveteen beer. <laughs> I think it's cool, and I'm usually not a fan of milk stouts. I guess because they add lactose, which is a... Do they actually add milk to it? Well, they add lactose, but which why? is a sugar that yeast can't digest. So mm. it gives it a different kind of body and sweetness. Because, mm. you know, theoretically, yeast, you know, the sugars that they can convert, they'll eat all of it. Greedy little bastards. They are little fuckers. But they can't convert lactose. So it'll just kind of stay there. And then Ender goes for his final test. Right. So they drag him out of bed for his final test. And Ender is like very just like, fuck it. It... I hate this, but anyway, like, there are a bunch of, here's, here's part of the hint, there are a bunch of important people there to watch his final test. And it's, you know, the president of the planet, or, you know, all these, all these really important military people, they're there to watch, and, he, and they're like, this is it, okay, Ender, this is the final one. Your today is when, your final test is you go after the home planet. And there's a huge fleet but defending in, the home planet. In the game, though. Yeah, in the game. He doesn't. Because it's, it's, a, because it's, it's a still a sim- test. He's please doing all this stuff on a simulator. That he does the final. He does the final thing, and he like realizes how he can get his fleet towards the planet, even though it's like million to one, like bugs to you know bugs to humans. And he finally does it, and they the the um their ships use these this like special disintegration ray. Doctor device. Yeah, right. The the device, where what it does is it sort of like matter turns to antimatter and it just this chain just reaction and any, any matter connected to other matter just completely disintegrates. So all you have to do is you have to hit the planet with one of them and the whole planet will get destroyed. And Ender figures out a ways to do it. Well, before he even figured, like when he starts like earlier on in the game, they're like going to defeat the planet. And he's like, can I just use that matter disintegrator on it? And the Mazer Rackham guy is like, that will mean killing everybody you know. He's like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Alright, if you're prepared to deal with that. And right, Ender doesn't give a game. fuck because he's dead inside. Also, you know, he believes it's not real. So he just wants to end the game. Yeah. So anyway, he fi- after like this pretty dramatic battle, 
goes in and he destroys the planet. Like, or he, he's commanding the forces. They disintegrate the planet. The whole thing blows up and all the bugs die. And he's like, ah, sweet. I finally did it. Now you guys can leave me alone. And he gets out of the simulator and all the adults there, all the leaders, they're all just crying. And then they finally tell him, and this is the sort of the twist of the whole, of the whole book, that it was not a game. He was actually commanding the actual forces this entire time, and he really did just destroy all of the bugs. Fucking worst yep. plan ever. Well, it fucking worked. Right, but the re- they tricked him. The fictional him. plan in the fictional book fictionally worked, <laughs> so, you know, it was perfect. But they, Brilliant. they tricked him into committing genocide. Yeah. Because a man. thinking person might have been like, I don't know if I really want to murder everything on that planet. And Ender only thinks about that after the fact. He's like, oh, there are like children and stuff that I killed. A bunch of space bug babies. But there yeah. are still innocent children. So Bugs, that, are never, buggers aren't innocent. So this is one of the main things of the book. That not the whole, in Rear Ender's game, they're not innocent, right? So this is one of the main things of the book, that the whole thing, the, the, this was like the twist ending. And so I don't know about you guys, but I definitely did not see it. At no, time. I, I definitely did not I, guess. Even I though saw there the are, movie first, so oh, I knew. Cheater. But I did, I mean, yeah, I saw it like when it came out. and But yeah, when I saw it, it I had no idea. When I read the book the first time, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I, and I was looking at, you know, oh, I'm at 91% through the book, 92. All right, that's, so I know there's sequels. So that's probably mm-hmm. going to all happen in the sequel. I just kind of assumed that. And then when I reread this for the podcast now. Surprise. Well, I, was, I knew what happened at the yeah. end of the book. And I was like, oh, yeah, look how obvious it is when you know what's mm-hmm. happening. His name is Ender. <laughs> His that, name is Ender. I never really Ender. thought about that. Yeah, yeah it's and less it's like, than subtle. It's, it, there are major, major hints. And no, I definitely still didn't see it ahead of time. And they never explain why he's called Ender. It's just, it's just that. They that's just, just his name. They just say, say that's his wrong. name. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. Ender. 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 Yeah, so he kills them all, and then he feels bad. And then there's this, like, yep. 10% of the book after that. Like, much longer than you think. Where yeah. it's like a Lord of the Rings kind of ending. It just dwindles, and his sister writes an eight-volume history of the Bugger War. And she and Ender go to become colonists on one of the former Bugger planets, because... He has no connection to this old world, and he needs to understand the bugs. And Peter, the sociopath, becomes president of the Earth. Yep. Yep. And because they, the, the two young... Because wrote really good internet posts. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> I can't has be president. <laughs> so he's president, but he's also a good president. Like he. Yeah, even though he's like a demonstrable evil psych- psychopath. And he makes skin squirrels alive and stuff like that. And, and he's like, yeah. pinned their limbs to the ground and cut them apart. And like, oh, yeah, but he's but he really uh, he's a good president. Yep. And then he goes to uh, the the kids go travel, you know, with their crazy space flight relativity thing, and they're still young, but but now Peter's old, and he dies, and they're just hanging out on their new planet, and Ender, oh man, throughout the whole fucking thing, there was that other stupid game we never talked about, yeah, that the giant, and the oh uh, yeah, fucking forgot about which that, which is weird. So there's a game that Ender's been playing on his desk, which is his iPod, iPad basically, mm-hmm. and he's been playing this like weird action adventure RPG that they play. That the computer is like psychoanalyzing him throughout the whole thing, and it doesn't make any sense. And it's always it's like important that he can't solve things, and he always comes with or comes up with unorthodox solutions. At the end, he goes on one of the bugger planets, and he's like, "This looks just like the game." Mm-hmm. And he goes in and he finds the larva for the next queen of the buggers. And the other thing we did mention about the buggers is that they don't speak. Yeah. This whole time, it was sort of really kind of like a big... The whole war between the bugs and the humans was a big misunderstanding because the bugs are all one giant, like, hive mind, except there's really only one mind that's sort of connected instantaneously to every single other body, and so they don't have any concept of what talking is because there's really only one of them. 
They don't really talk to each They don't talk. There aren't different individuals that talk to each other. It's just one individual with, a, with billions of different little appendages, you could sort of say. And so there was no way for the bugs to talk to the humans, for the humans to talk to the bugs to say, what are you doing? What, like, what is this? We don't actually need to fight each other. They were just doing it because they didn't understand each other at all. Oh, shucks. Yep. Oops. We get Whoopsies. some more of that whipped. But then Ender wants to understand. Yeah, Ender it's decides important. not to kill the next sort of future queen, decides to but, save it. Oh, but here's the thing. In the game, it's showing Ender all these things, and I guess Graf and all the other guys are looking like, we've never seen anybody get to this level. Mm-hmm. No one's ever done this in the game before. We don't really know. The computer just kind of... just kind It's of, like procedural generation. It just, yeah, just figures things, just makes things of what he needs to see. But then at the end, Ender realizes, actually, the hive mind, because it understands time differently or something... Oh, time. That was a beer. It, oh. it like has been sending that information to him, so he'll understand or something. Yeah, that's what I understood after it. Well, yeah, that, definitely that the bugs right were like reading his mind or trying to understand him the entire time. Because they knew he was going to be the one to kill them, right? It wasn't like they were doing it to every single human. You're saying no. he's the only one to crawl inside the fire for you? Yes, he came to their window. So then he hangs out, and he's like, I'm going to carry around this little larva forever because I need to understand. And he writes a book. Like, if I were the queen of the buggers. And it's called Speaker of the Dead. And then it becomes a cult very quickly. I feel like time works differently in space in this book. <laughs> it makes less sense, that's for damn sure. Yeah. And his sister just keeps writing histories about her little brother, and they travel. The end. Like, how much, how can you write eight volumes about a book that was relatively short? Well, she goes back to the start of the bugger war, so you have to assume that there's. And, you know, the thing that Nate alluded to that we never really explained is that. They had sent fleets of ships to the bugger planet 70 years ago when mm-hmm. the first attack happened. So they would get there by the time Ender was ready to fate control them. Exactly, because they just like, I feel like in about 70 years we'll have a kid. Maybe they just waited. Yep. And every so many years they sent another fleet, but traveling a little faster because they had would have developed better ships. So they, could, they collaborated to all get there at the same time. So Ender could then just play with them like it was fucking Monopoly and <laughs> kill them. It's more like Battleship. It is, yeah, it's better. Yeah. <laughs> no free parking. You're right. So that's how it ends. Yeah. I know. Except for the other 15 books. I'm curious yeah. what the other ones are like. I've not read them. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to read Speaker of the Dead just because I have to. A direct to. sequel seems okay. Mm-hmm. It came right away. And as you know, Nate was saying earlier, and chime in whenever you're ready, Nate, <laughs> that the original Ender's Game was a short story. Right. And then Orson Scott Card was writing the sequel to that short story and realized that he couldn't do it that way. Yeah. So he had written this. Ender's Game was originally published as a short story in like the 70s, and it was like not super popular, but somebody read it. I don't know. What must that have been like, by the way, with the computers of the 70s? It's like, that part might have been new. Like, and then they played Pong in space to determine <laughs> who would defeat the buggers. <laughs> so anyway, he has a... This is by 1983, 84, or 85. He has a contract to write... Speaker for the Dead with a publisher and he's starting to write Speaker for the Dead and then realizes he can't really write Speaker for the Dead because there's so much of Ender's game that he needs to flesh out and expand. So he goes back to his publisher and says, oh, can I just expand Ender's game into a full book first and then give you Speaker for the Dead? And they said yes, and that's what happened. And then he was like, and how about 17 more? Mm-hmm. And they're sure, like, yeah, much. because uh, Ender's game wins the Hugo and the Nebula Award. And then Speaker of the Dead the very next year wins the same awards, which are the biggest awards for sci-fi fantasy books, particularly sci-fi books. The only time that's ever happened where an author wins two years in a row for a sequel to the previous book. Mm-hmm. So pretty big accomplishment. It must be pretty decent. I mean, I loved reading Ender's Game. Yeah. I mean, for all the fun. shit we gave it, it was, it was a great book. 
It's a mm-hmm. fun book. I, I wish I had read this as a 14-year-old. Yeah, me too. Because I would have really, I would have gotten into it and probably would have read the rest of them and been a better reader. All 15 of them? At the time, there were probably only 10. Oh, okay, so that's, that's more doable. But I would have, I, who knows? I, who knows? I maybe mean, would have gotten into it. He's written tons of other books, too, besides the Ender's Game series. And then maybe I would have gotten into other, you know, maybe I would have read a whole lot more sci-fi fantasy stuff, but I would have read more shit than I did when I was in high school. So I wish I had read it. I would have really liked it then, I think. I can only, I can only guess. But I enjoyed it as a guy, you know, who's 30. And the first time I read it, I was probably 25 or 26. I liked it then, too. It just is a little silly. Like, there's some serious plot holes and stuff that doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. Yeah, sorry. But it's a fun ride. So we should do Speaker of the Dead one day. Speaker for the Dead, whatever it's called. We don't even know. We haven't read the title. Something like that. Haven't read the book, let alone the title. Speaker for the Dead. Right. I'm, I'm curious. I mean, the ending of Ender's Game makes Speaker for the Dead seem like a really strange, different book. Like, it's not... I, it's clearly not... I can't imagine it's him going back to battle school and doing well, more drills. It's, it's not Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> back to school. He's going to do the, the Triple Lindsay. Triple Lundy. Lundy, that's sorry. All right, that was pretty... Pretty close. Pretty close. Pretty close. But I, I'm impressed that you were able to correct that. I don't fuck around when it comes to Ronnie Dangerfield movies. <laughs> I think I'm. I think the only thing left to determine is uh, who won the beer. Uh, I think so it too. Was, it was the juice one. This one, base juiced. Uh, base juice. Jewel box. That's your favorite beer. Yeah. To drink. What you about? It wasn't the first one. <laughs> sure, it wasn't the first one. <laughs> How about name? None of the names were super amazing this time. You're talking about space juice is a good name. Space, space dust is a good name. I guess in terms of like the book, space juice is going to be the best name. Yeah, because they're in space, and he probably had juice at some point. He's a child. Almost of course, he drank juice. But he's a genius child. They drink juice too. But they just don't do it out of sippy cups. He might have. It was in space. You can't have <laughs> give the juice. me my grown-up cup. Juice floating around everywhere. <laughs> so space juice, probably the best name. My favorite to drink was probably Jewel Box because it tasted actually like space juice. Yeah. Or just juice. Though I actually really liked the whipped Imperial Milk Stout. That was pretty delicious. Nate, thoughts? Actually, I think I like the taste of space juice the best too. I mean, it was a strong IPA, even though we had a lot of IPAs, but... Although, I did kind of like Skyliner, even though it doesn't really taste like an IPA, but I liked it still. It was a good beer. It just was surprising. Mm -hmm. Just different. It didn't taste like what you expected. IPA, and then, no, not IPA. Bushwick. (laughs) Bushwick. So, tell us what you thought. uh, Follow us on Twitter at DrunkGuysBC, as in book club. Or send an email to DrunkGuysBookClub at gmail.com. Or go to facebook.com slash drunkguysbookclub. Or visit our website, drunkguysbookclub.com. So you have no excuse not to find us. And in the meantime, if you like the episode, please review us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever the hell you're listening to us. Give us 47 stars. Just save time. Round right up to that. Write us a word or two of encouragement or discouragement, but just keep those stars high because it allows us to purchase more beers. Definitely. And join us next week when we read Lord of the Flies by William Golding. (laughs) 